Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. Last week's episode was short, and the reason it was short is because God, uh, you know, I felt like was telling me to go ahead and start preparing and get you ready and get start getting you prepared for going through the last five books, not the last five books, but the last epistles from James to Jude. Uh, and then, you know, we, we get to where I'm getting ready to create the uh, episode nine that was going to have content going through James and and God called an audible. And so one of the things that's really important to understand is that when we walk by the Spirit, when we're trying to do what God is saying, uh, as Jesus says, you're not really going to know the direction that you're headed. You're going to have some idea, but God calls audibles all the time. And so I just want us to be cognizant of that. And that's really a pretty good segue into today uh, and, and really what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to allow God to kind of just lead as I speak. So I'm going to pray before we get started because I, I don't want any of me to be a part of this. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, first off, I thank you. I thank you that you made today. I thank you that today was the day that you made And I will be exceedingly glad and rejoice in it, for your name is worthy to be praised. Father, I ask that you would use this time to glorify your name. I ask that in this episode, you would share what you have to share with your children. Let there be none of me, Father, and all of you. Holy Spirit, I invite you here. I know that you already live inside of me, but I invite you into this moment. And I ask that you would speak that it would be your words and not mine. Father, help me. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, the purpose for why this podcast was even started, uh, it's really not to go over sermons. It's It's not to tell you as much of what you can already read for yourself inside the Bible. And I do encourage you to get more familiar with your Bible. You know, we talked about in some of the earlier episodes about the first step to entering the kingdom being repentance. And then we talked about how the Holy Spirit led Jesus up. Uh, Jesus, after he was baptized into that baptism of repentance, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested, to be tried. You are in the wilderness now. If you are here now and not with the Father presently, you are in the wilderness. If you have not entered the promised land, You are in the wilderness. And Jesus overcame the power of the enemy through speaking the word. And the enemy tried to slant the word in order to get Jesus to do what he wanted him to do. But Jesus understood the word and he spoke back the proper things to ward off the attacks of the enemy. You must know the word. I'm not talking about a ritual. I'm talking about a relationship. Some of you know your favorite books and your favorite shows and you can quote them in your sleep. We have to get to that level of understanding with, our, with the word. 
And we need to ask God for our help, to help us. You know, this podcast was started for the sole purpose of showing people how to enter the kingdom here and now. We need to first understand that the kingdom of heaven is here, it is now. Yes, it will become in its fullness, as the scripture says, but it is also here and now, and it's meant to be lived here and now. And you, as a believer in Jesus, not someone who believes of their mind, but believes in their heart, and therefore acts upon that belief, you are meant to live the kingdom here and now. And so the purpose of this podcast has been to equip you with what you need to know in order to enter the kingdom here and now. You can find it in the word and you should take the words that you hear here and you should and you should take these words and take them back to the Bible. And you should take them back to God in prayer. All of these things you should do. But the purpose of this is to get rid of the noise, to get rid of the religious noise that exists, that ensnares our, our minds ensnares our souls from being able to do what Jesus commanded us to do, which was to enter. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it. But narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Folks, when we look at the population of the world, and we see how many people name themselves by the name of Jesus, they call themselves Christians, that is not a small number. And therefore, we know that there are many who call themselves by the name of Jesus that will likely never enter by this narrow way. Jesus says this himself. He says, Very truly I say to you, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many wonders in your name, something along those lines. And he will say, Depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. He's speaking to those who believe in him. He's speaking to those who have a spiritual understanding enough to be able to understand the capacity to drive out demons. To, he's speaking to those who have operated under the authority of his name to do miraculous works. He's speaking to those people when he says that, they will not, that some will not enter the kingdom. In fact, he says, many will come to me on that day who operate in, under the, his name, that he will have to drive them away. But know that this is not the will of the Father. It's not the will of the Father for you, but you must choose life. And the reason why you just heard me start to tear up a little bit is because I have had the opportunity to get a taste of what it will be like for those at the end of the age who will have no doubt about the full power and awesomeness of God, but will not be able to access it, who will be eternally separated. There was another miraculous story that took place that I won't go into detail about now, but it was something that perhaps God will have me share with you at some point, where I got to see the full power of what it's like to walk in alignment with the Holy Spirit and see God do miraculous things. I mean, things that are not physically possible. And then a few days after that, after experiencing that, I went back to the same place and I struggled. It was the hottest day of the year. And I was sitting there and I was praying to God to deliver me. None of the work that I was doing was getting anywhere. Everything was a struggle. 
and it was hot, and it didn't matter how much water I drank, the heat would not go away. And it got to the point where I just wanted to give up, but I couldn't. And I sat down and I cried on a bench that day when that happened. And I said, Father, what is this you're showing me? And he said, so it will be for those at the end of the age who do not enter the kingdom. And all I can say is that that feeling of knowing, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, the full power of God, the full majesty of his greatness, knowing that it's there and and pleading out to it, but not being able to reach. It was the most helpless feeling ever. I wanted to die. And I mean that. In that moment, that seemed as if it would be a better solution. There was no hope. There was only despair. It was dark. And I tell you that not to scare you. Not to scare you. But because I want you to know that God is trying to save all of us from something. And indeed, he has sent us a savior. But we must walk the way. We must walk the truth. We must walk the life. And if we choose not to, if we choose to sit in the holy place, that is the temple, and put ourselves as if we are God, making our own choices, living by our own way and our own understanding, if we choose to do this, if we choose not the relationship, he has no choice. And it is not his will that any should perish, but there is no choice because the imperfect can have no part of the perfect. The unholy can have no part of the holy. Because if the, unhol- or if the unholy becomes a part of the holy, or if the holy accepts the unholy, then the holy becomes less than, uh, than holy. And we will have to live this same period of time over and again. That was what was at stake in the garden. That's what's at stake now. Jesus Christ, born of the Spirit, came down into flesh to reach out to flesh to rectify us, to give us a new template of how to live. He overcame what Adam and Eve could not in the flesh so that by him and by his spirit we could walk the same path and heaven reach down to us and it is now our turn to reach back to heaven The spirit became flesh and dwelt among us. Now flesh must become spirit to dwell among them. My friends, we have Jesus who came down born of the spirit into the imperfections of flesh. And by the spirit, he overcame them. By God's power, by his word, he overcame the flesh so that none of us who believe and receive of this spirit have an excuse not to do the same. We must overcome our flesh. And if you spent time reading James through Jude this week, you know that what I am speaking is from the Bible. What are some of the first practical steps that we can take to do this? 
most of the people listening to this message right now are so intertwined to the pattern of this world that it will be impossible for you to enter the kingdom. You cannot live in two kingdoms. You cannot serve two kingdoms at once. You can't. There is no way. If there were a way, Jesus would not have said that you cannot serve two masters. This is about more than money. He uses the example of money, but this is about more than money. This is about how you are patterning your life. Let me tell you some of the practical steps that God has had me take. I'm looking at my laptop, and right now, it says that it is the 14th of Shevat, 5782. That is the date. My phone, though it won't let me only use that date, has the date for God's calendar. Not the world's calendar, but God's calendar. Why do I do this? Because I'm trying to detach myself from the pattern of this world. The more we walk in alignment, can two walk together unless they are agreed? The answer to that is no. This is in the Bible. Therefore, whatever you walk in agreement with in the world, whatever you, however you use the world to pattern your life and your understanding that is not in alignment with the kingdom, and by the way, if anything of this world was in alignment with the kingdom that is made by man's hands, made by the conception of man, if any of it was a part of the kingdom, that it would remain. But we know that the Bible tells us that None of it will remain, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. Don't stop short now. We have to pull ourselves out of the patterning of this world, and this is a challenge. I know that I'm not saying something that's easy. This is going to call into question everything that you do. I try not even to look at the time of day. And some of you right now are saying, well, how would, I, how would I get to work on time? How would I get to be a part of these meetings? Do you not think that the Holy Spirit can tell you to be and put you exactly where you need to be, exactly when you need to be there? Was Philip not caught up into the sky and dropped down so that he could baptize the man the, in Samaria, the Ethiopian man along the road? Can't remember exactly which road it is. I apologize for that. You're worried about being able to to catch a flight on time? God can, he he has his own airplanes. Look, look. I know what I'm saying to you sounds crazy. In the way that we think, in the patterns of our thoughts, what I'm saying to you both sounds physically impossible, but also crazy. And I understand that. But I'm telling you, I've seen things that shouldn't be so, and they are. We have to believe. You know, the, the more that we walk in alignment with the way that the world operates, the less likely we are to even see these things. Think about it just in your interpersonal relationships. When you tell somebody something, and then they just choose to ignore it, when you make it abundantly clear something to one of your friends, let's say, and then they, they just choose to ignore it and even act in the opposite way 
of what you just talked to them. Like if you told somebody something that hurt your feelings and then they just continued to do it, would you continue to open your heart to them? Probably not. Now, God doesn't work the same way as we do. As we know, God continues to give. But I'm making the point of God needs to know he can trust you. Would you give the keys to your expensive sports car to somebody who was operating as if they only had their temporary driver's permit? No, you wouldn't. Because that would be foolish. It's the same thing. God needs to know that he can trust you. He needs to know that you're on a different level of trust with him. It's not about the fact that he doesn't love you. It's not about the fact that he doesn't want you to have these things. It's not about the fact that he's punishing you. It's about trust. Guys, his heart was broken. Broken. When we made the choice to choose for ourselves and had to go into this eternal separation moment, we broke trust. He already offered us everything. You have emotions, and the Bible says that we were made in the image of God. Do you think God doesn't have these too? Do you think he didn't, it wasn't hard for him to watch his son die on a cross? Do you think it's not hard to, wa- to see him, to have him watch all of us be hurt by our own choices? How do you feel, those of you who are parents, how do you feel? When your child makes a choice that is not right, that you know that will hurt them, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can continue to tell them, but you can't make their choices for them. How do you feel? It's devastating. God feels that way towards you. And so it's about trust. It's about trust. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to close today's episode with a few practical steps that we need, that I'm going to challenge you to take. I'm going to read what God has me doing every day. You know, I have multiple times during the day. I don't always get to all these in the exact timing that I have them, you know, set out to be. But I have a morning prayer with reading. And what that morning prayer looks like is I start every single day writing down on a piece of paper what I am thankful for from God and I give him praise and say the things that I'm grateful for sometimes it's as small as uh, I'm just thankful to be alive today and then I start to think about all the you know it's it's winter where I am it's cold it's winter you know here in the United States and in, in where I am it's cold it's really cold it was 18 degrees this morning and I just thank God for a warm bed to sleep in And I thank him for the roof that's over my head. And I thank him that he made today. And I thank him that he's willing to lead me today so that I can give him glory. Just small things like that. I start with that. And then I go into prayer. I pray for the people. I pray for my wife. And then I pray and ask God what my instructions are for that day. What he has for me that he would like to do with that day. And then I do this thing that is, you know, it's establishing the word. It's speaking the word out loud over my life. It comes from Psalm 91. And then I put on the whole armor of God.
by declaring that over my life from Ephesians 6. And then I start each day off with reading the daily Psalms and the Proverbs. And the way that that works is today's the 14th of Shavat. So I would read Psalm 14 and then plus 30 all the way to the end. And then Proverbs 14. But what that does is it gives me, it gives my, it gives me hope. I'm trying to anchor myself in the gratitude of God's awesomeness. I'm trying to anchor and start my day in that way. And I think that there are many people who are listening to this right now who, who, who have this morning routine, who have some type of daily routine. But that's, you know, that's the morning routine. And then, you know, midday, again, I, I thank him for everything. I, I try to thank him for everything that he's done from the morning until the next time that I, that I meet with him later in the day. And then I take back any ground. And what does that mean? It means that sometimes my attitude and, you know, the things that I've thought, the things that I've acted upon, they're just simply not in alignment with the way that God's spirit works in between the time that we met in the morning and a few hours later. And so I just, I, I come to him again and I, and, I, and I thank him for those things. And then I ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal things to me that I need to ask forgiveness for. And then I ask God, you know, I confess them to God as sin. I ask him to forgive me for them, to cover them with the blood of Jesus. And then I ask him to take back any ground that I've given up to the enemy as a result of these things. And this is to keep myself uh, spiritually prepared to receive. This is to keep myself in alignment. This is to help me recognize the things that I, the patterns in my life that I might have that, that God's trying to bring up to me to show me that, hey, this isn't in alignment. And so I work through that and then I read, you know, I, I've got a 90-day Bible study that I do, which has, you know, around three chapters from the New Testament and around 10 chapters from the Old Testament. I'm not saying you have to do it in 90 days. In fact, there's no way I'm going to finish this present one in 90 days because God's got me actually taking more time. But then, I, but then I have a daily Bible reading that I'm doing, some from the New Testament and some from the Old Testament. And in the middle part of my day, I try and stop right around lunchtime and just read some more of the Word. And then later on in the day, I stop. And again, I'm just, I'm just doing the same thing. You know, I'm giving God thanks from the time that I last met with him. And, I, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm asking him to show me if there's anything that I need to confess to him as sin between the last time that we spoke and doing the same thing where I'm asking him to, where I'm confessing them as sin. I'm asking him to cover him with the blood of Jesus. And I'm, I'm asking him to take back any ground that I've given up to the enemy as a result. And then I, I try to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me in any further prayer. You know, how I originally had it was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it this specific, this is the type of prayer I'm going to do here. I tried to put my own ritualistic spin on it. But then I realized that the Holy Spirit can tell me what I need to pray for because I have no clue what's coming down the road. None, but he does. And then I ask God if there's anything else that I need to focus on for the rest of the day. And I give him thanksgiving and praise. And then before I go to sleep, 
Again, I, I try to write down thanksgiving and prayer and take back any ground. And, and again, confessing my sins. And then I go through the Old Testament verses. And this is something that I don't do enough of. But then I try and ask God how he's doing. Sometimes I'll just ask him, how's your day? How are you feeling? Is that strange? Sure. It's definitely out there. But it matters. It's about trying to have a relationship back. You know, these other things, they're, they're, they're really selfishly me asking God to help me stay in alignment with him. But I, and I need to get so much better at this because I don't always do it all the time. And in fact, the schedule that I've just read to you, I, I, I can't, I don't always stick to all the time. But it's not about creating a ritual. It's about trying to set up ways to spend more time with God and to keep working. And I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you would help me to do even more of that so that we can continually walk together. But I wanted to share with you the types of things that I'm doing. You know, I don't, I don't think that you should pattern what, what, what I've done and, and, and make it exactly what you should do. You know, my, my time is different than other people. God literally called me out from the world to be spending this time with him. He wants the same for all of us. But he's had to adapt this over time, right? Because I, I you know, at the, at the outset of this, I, I, I did have a job. I did have regular things that he had, and I certainly have time in my day to do those. It's blocked, the, the, the things that he's got me working on. But, you know, again, I think that what we should do, instead of trying to pattern what I do, I'm really trying to show you the heart of, of, of what, what it, God is trying to do in me and through me and for me through this, this setup that I, just, that I just summarized for you. And, and it's about, you know, staying with God throughout the day. Because it's so, so easy, especially when God's got you in a place where you have to be right now intertwined in the things of the world. And he will pull you out if you will believe him. But you have to. You have to. Absolutely. Let it happen in his timing and be asking him what he wants. If we just allow God to guide us, you know, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He can only lead you beside still waters if you're willing to be led. And by the way, sometimes getting to those still waters has some pretty big obstacles that are going to cause some fear, but he's using these things. This is what James talks about again. He's talking about trials. He uses these trials for us to see that the things that we fear when we walk with God are nothing to fear at all, so that we get the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I had a dream at one point where he showed me he was bringing me up to like people. I'm a pretty big guy, but he was bringing me up to, the, to these people who looked real scary and they were much bigger than me. And they like picked me up as if they were going to do something to me. And then they set me right back down. They were like really angry and really going to like look like they were going to try and harm me. But they picked me up and then they set me back down and walked away. And it was God's way of telling me that when I'm walking, when we're walking with him, when we're walking in alignment with God, there is nothing to fear. 
We just need to revere God and walk with him. He wants a relationship, folks. You want to know how to enter the kingdom? Detach from the world. Believe what Jesus said and walk in alignment with it. That is the way, that is the truth, and that is the life. Father, I thank you for this time today. I ask that you would use this word to help really encourage your people. Father, if there were any imperfections in the way that I delivered this, I ask that you would fix them and that you would allow this seed to be planted. Father, I ask that you would help every ground that is listening to this right now. I ask that you would help perfect that ground so that the seed that you plant will be planted on the good ground so that we may be fruitful. Help us, Father, the things that we need to do in order to really have relationship with you. They're pretty scary at the outset because it's so different from what we've been taught since we were born. Help us, Father, to overcome the lies that seem as if they are truth because they've been passed down for generations. Help us, Father, to seek your truth and only accept your truth. There is only one truth. Your word is truth. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody who's listening to this now. And I bind any spiritual host of wickedness in Jesus' name that would attempt to steal this from them. And I ask, Father, that you would do what only you can do, which is draw us more to yourself. I ask this of you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.